and welcome to something new. We are doing a game we were super, super excited about. We've been looking forward to this one for quite some time. I asked David to run this game for us like last year, I think, yeah, sometime. I like, hey, do you, want, do you want to run a game for us? Uh, speaking of David, let me introduce uh, our guest GM for this game. Say hi, David. Hello, uh, I'm David, and I'm the guest GM for this game. Yeah, uh, so we are running... want from me here. <laughs> so we are running Brindlewood Bay. Um, I will go ahead and let you just quickly introduce yourself, um, and then we'll go ahead. We'll we'll give a I'll give like a brief introduction of ourselves too, just in case people are just listening to this thing. Let us know where we can find you. All that jazz. Uh, but go ahead, introduce yourself. Absolutely. So yeah, uh, my name is David. Uh, you can often find me on a different podcast called Trials of the Apocalypse, uh, where we do one-shot stories in different Powered by the Apocalypse games. I am the eternal keeper of that show and editor and all that fun jazz. Uh, and Brindlewood Bay is my favorite tabletop role-playing game. Um, nice. And nice. every time I say it, I think about it, and I think about the new games I've played in between, and it's it's just still up there for me. I love this game. Uh <laughs> It's, it's a game that we're going to play today, and in it, uh, all of our players are members of the Murder Mavens of Brindlewood Bay, which sounds impressive, but is really just a small book club of elderly women, <laughs> that do solve the local murder mysteries. Uh, in today's case, we're going to be playing a mystery called The Great Brindlewood Bay Bake Off, inspired by the Great British Baking Show, so it's going to be fun. Um but that's my summary, and that's a little hint at what we're going to today. Would you like me to do the uh, sort of game summary as well? Kind of like what to expect out of it? Uh, l let us introduce ourselves sure. first, and then um, I'll let you kind of just take it away from there. Okay. Uh, and you can do however you'd like. So, uh, hi, we are the uh, folks from Thornvale. Uh, in in the future, uh, this will be in a different feed, so I, I want to make sure we, we put that out there. But uh, if you're just joining us, we have another we have another show that is a Monster of the Week show called Thornvale. Most of you listening have probably already heard it before, but just in case you haven't, it is a Monster of the Week show focusing on three monster hunters as they struggle to protect a small town off the coast of Florida on an island. Struggle and, uh, it is, is full the key word, of... by the way. I was literally about to say the same thing, Hannah. You and I were... Uh... I started adding that word into the descriptions like three or four months into our recording. <laughs> yeah. Uh, it is Heavy full... emphasis on the struggle. <laughs> it is full of hard-hitting monsters and angst and emotions. It's a really good time. Come check it out. Uh, I'm sure we will have either a link in the description in the, in the show notes or um, you will be on this the feed. Of the show, so you will find it very easily. <laughs> uh, we're eventually going to be putting these one shots on their own feed, so that's why I say that now. With that, I think we are good to go. Oh, we always invite everyone to come join us over on the actual place that is our Discord server. David, you're on there, aren't you? I am. Yeah, so uh, David's there too, so you can come sit, hang out with David too. So uh, yeah, come hang out with us. It's going to be a very good time. With that, David, I will send it over to you and let you go ahead and tell the story how you like it. Yeah. Uh, welcome, everybody, to the lovely world of Brindlewood Bay, a world like our own, but with more grannies solving murders. Specifically, in Brindlewood Bay, uh, we're going to be entering this sort of gameplay loop where our mavens are introduced to this threat. They go off to investigate it in whatever way makes the most sense to them. Along the way, they may encounter 
different conditions that they acquire. Uh, they may encounter strange and, you know, uncomfortable realities. Uh, this game does have a potential for a supernatural undertone. We'll see if we explore that today. But it is a Powered by the Apocalypse game, so if you've listened to Thornvale at all, you've, uh, of course, are familiar with Monster of the Week. Uh, Brindlewood Bay inherits from the same DNA, that of Apocalypse World. And as such, uh, when we get to our moves, uh, we're going to be rolling two die six. We're going to be summing those values and adding some given modifier that the players have. And we've already done a little bit of behind the scenes work setting up the characters for each of our mavens today in our titular Bayside community of Brindlewood Bay. When starting off a new mystery like this, it is, I was going to say tradition, but it's just rules as written to have a cozy vignette where each of our mavens is going to just kind of give us a small scene describing their life in Brindlewood Bay, what they're going about doing, uh, and just kind of fleshing out for us, for the camera, as if we're watching a television show, uh, a little introduction to your character. Who would like to start? No pressure. <laughs> Otherwise. <laughs> well, you spoke up first, Hannah, so I say you do. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Teacher rules, no, whoever talks no, first. No, 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 no. <laughs> okay. Uh, hi. <laughs> so, H- Hannah, or Gladys, Gla- Gladys Weatherspeak, yes. narrate Gladys. for us a-, a little scene of you in Brindlewood Bay. So, I think Gladys is sitting in front of one of the, what her the biggest window in her house that overlooks the bay and she is working on knitting her latest cardigan and it is a patchwork of neon colors like neon pink and green and orange and she's just sitting in her comfy chair just knitting herself another cardigan because that's all she wears is her own (laughs) handmade cardigans. Beautiful. (laughs) Not even pants. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I could wear knitted pants. You know what? I bet she has some they knitted are knitted. pants that she wears for special <laughs> she occasions. You know, Gladys, though, strikes me as the kind of lady who is like, you know, she's at home. There's no pants. Like, pants are for <laughs> yeah, public spaces. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> That's funny. Like, you have to let, like, give her some time when you knock on the door to put pants on before she answers. Love that. <laughs> Who else? Who's next? I can go next. Go for it. Hello, my name is Susanna, also otherwise known as uh, Jane Fletcher. Go ahead and name the two uh, cozy mystery characters I stole that from. (laughs) I look forward to hearing it. I am, I think what you see is a rather old looking uh, woman with curly and very wispy gray and white hair kind of gone wild, but tamed underneath of a large floppy fishing hat, kind of pouring out the sides underneath of this hat. I am wearing a thick sweater, like a sweater, like a sweatshirt type sweater with fishing waders on underneath. And I am sitting on a little John boat uh, near the shore and I am throwing out a, uh, a line out to a, uh, this this large uh, tree that has fallen in the water because I think there's something good underneath of it. Yeah. I'm just going to pick a name. Rose. 
How about ah. you, Rose Collins? Well, the uh, the camera follows. Uh, you see Rose, and she uh, she's very uh, she seems to be very busy. She camera follows into this uh, not not over large but decently sized house, and follows down the hall into this very large and very expansive uh, kitchen. It seems that this kitchen takes up a fair amount of house space, and what you see is a older um with red uh red hair kind of frizzied red hair but but still still kept well she's wearing this kind of like a uh like a vest with a with a jacket the sleeves are rolled up uh and she's dashing all around because she's uh clothes of course are somewhat covered in in flour because it seems like this there's a lot going on in this room she's she's hurrying from one service to another she steps over to the uh to the countertop there's a big bowl of something that looks like possibly batter she lifts a spoon tastes it no no that's not right no and she turns and references this huge cookbook she's got sitting on the table she turns back to the uh, when she turns back to the stovetop uh, or the counter. She sees slinking out from behind, like her big mixer, is this tabby cat. Her tabby cat named Mo, as he is very sl- subtly trying to poke a paw towards the bowl, and just very very subtly, uh, you see her. She she whips a uh, a wooden spoon from a pocket on her apron. It's like no bad. <laughs> And brings the brings the spoon down like within millimeters of 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 his paws. He she wouldn't actually hurt him, but he knows he's not supposed to touch the food. Uh, and uh, when she's not uh, creating brilliant things in her kitchen, uh, you can find her. Uh, I think down at the at the local uh, at the local library in in Brindlewood Bay because on those days when she's not uh, baking and cooking and doing all this stuff she is uh, she's down at the local library uh, reading to reading to the young folk like the little uh, the littler kids that she she likes to she likes to read the stories so these are the stories that she grew up with not any of the you know the modern fairy tale stuff she tells them the real thing that came first. <laughs> Dang it, the Little Mermaid turns into seafoam at the end of the story. Mm. I can let anybody yes. cover it up. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Wonderful. That's funny. Love that. Uh, Doris. Doris Carlton. All right. So uh, I am Andrew, and I am playing the character Doris Carlton. We So Doris, uh, she's got kind of short, curly hair. She's wearing a uh, kind of a paint-splattered gray kind of sweat like uh kind of sweatpants and sweatshirt and she uh she walks uh through her house and she picks up a set of keys off of a hook and uh puts on some shades and walks into her garage and uh she steps into her car and opens the garage door and we hear the the thrum of her engine as she kind of revs it a little bit um and she gets a little smirk on her face and we see her pull out of her garage a little bit faster than she probably needs to. And we see her driving down the road in a black uh, Ford Mustang from 1965. But she has a little bit of a custom paint job on it. She uh, herself, she painted on some flames kind of going past the tires. <laughs> um, but otherwise, it is a solid black Ford Mustang. And she drives kind of up towards like a high point over the bay. And she pulls out a uh, an easel out of the back of her uh, out of her trunk, and she sets up and starts doing just like a nice kind of peaceful scenery piece of the bay. 
but she decides to kind of paint in some things that aren't actually there. Like, you know, she's painted this bay, you know, a thousand times. And today uh, she's in kind of a, just kind of a fun mood, kind of as shown by how she drove up here. She decides to draw it as if it is a, um, like a battle, you know, like a naval battle happening from like the, like the age of sail, you know, not really any reason to, like, I don't think there's like a historical battle that took place here. She just decides to paint one in. So awesome. just kind of making a little, Exciting. little bit of fun of it. Hmm. Yeah. I like that. So as the camera has finished panning to each of our mavens as they're going about their days in Brindlewood Bay, we pan back along the bayside, coming upon a small grove just off of town center where a large tent has been erected. After all, the most popular television program in the world, The Jolly Good Baking Show, has come to Brindlewood Bay to find the town's very best baker. A number of qualifying (laughs) rounds have been held, and our murder mavens, along with some others from the town, are among the bakers to make it to the final, which is the televised portion of the show. This is where they will, of course, meet our charming presenters and have their confections judged by the notoriously strict Paul and Jane. (laughs) Before we get into that, you know, just a brief notice for anyone out there. If there's any people from real life who might be evoked by any of these characters, it is completely (laughs) by accident. Uh, It is not intentional. They're not based on anyone who you may have seen on screen or television uh, or, I don't know, maybe met in real life. I don't know who you are. Uh, But (laughs) these are fake characters in Brindlewood Bay where anything can happen for better or for ill. (laughs) The first round of the competition today is going to be one of pies. So I want you all to noodle for a second. Uh, as you think about what kind of pie that your maven would be, would be presenting in this competition. We're going to kind of follow our camera operator. There's uh, Buck. He's one of the cameramen here on set. He's good-humored, uh, handsome. Uh, he's The show, of course, comes from the UK, but uh, Buck is a cameraman here in the States who has uh, helping out with the, the American version of the show. And he's kind of our camera operator going around. We have our scenes where each of the judges are interviewing the different contestants, asking them about what they're preparing today. So does anyone, anyone have a pie in mind? We'll start at your table. We'll start at your workstation. Uh, otherwise, we can start with one of the NPCs just so we start flushing out our crew here. I mean, I feel like our resident baker, our uh, our murder maven who <laughs> loves yeah. to bake. I feel like she should go first. All, all, all right, all right. If you what want is to... what is Rose made, uh, or what is she in the process of making? We're early in the first round. Uh, yes, uh, he comes to her station, and she is in in the zone. She is bustling from one to the next, and you see uh, what appears to be a large bowl of of sliced and cored apples on her station because she is going as classic as it gets. She is going with an apple pie. Yeah, so I think uh, so. We have both both of our uh, judges are here in front of your table. There is, of course, uh, we have. Let me get their names right before I start calling them by their real life not based on these real life uh, people <laughs> uh, yeah totally yes jane and paul mm. yes we have we have paul riviera and we have jane but, 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 but what's her name jane leaf jane leaf okay oh. so paul riviera jane leaf are in front of you uh paul is large uh he's got just kind of burning into your brain blue eyes 
Uh, he's got short cropped hair. Again, no resemblance to real life. Totally uh, fictional. Totally <laughs> fictional. And there's also Jane Leaf. Uh, she is kind of sweetly judgmental, elderly, posh. She's, of course, a beloved celebrity in the UK, having pu- published, you know, dozens of cookery books. Uh, and Paul Riviera, you know, is the f- the famous one of this pair uh, here at the table today. He, you know, he has an elbow on the table. He's leaning over your bowl and he kind of nudges it slightly and, and asks you, how many apples do you, you have in there today? Oh, um, oh, darling, the um, the number of apples it's 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 odd. You can't you can't sometimes it's 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 all a feeling, you know. You you have to you have to be a proper judge, of course. But but uh, the number I would I would estimate mm, I would say mm, about mm, seven to eight more actually. If I look at that, yes, it's um, it's I'm more of a feeling baker. You know, you 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 bake as you feel. You know, I don't always mm. know how it's going to turn out. Sometimes I follow the recipe as it's as it's written, which is a very a very good thing. But sometimes sometimes I find that in order to make the dish truly your own, your own, to put your stamp on it, so that none can ever claim your work, because oh, plagiarism, an awful thing. An awful thing, and uh, yeah, and, and yeah. So that she just and she's. I don't think she's talking much to Jane because I think yeah. she's <laughs> absolutely starstruck by Jane because she know she knows who this person is, obviously. Yeah, and so she's like a personal hero. So she's uh, she's trying to be as focused as she can at this moment. Yeah, I think after asking this question and hearing a response, Paul just goes, "Hmm." And then he he stands back up straight, his face inscrutable. And I think Jane reaches her hand across and sort of pats yours and says, Oh, don't don't worry about him, love. I think you'll do great. Uh, thank you. Thank you. And she, she's like, she's nearly crying. Because she's like, she talked yeah. to me. She spoke to me. <laughs> Uh, behind she touched them, me. <laughs> uh, behind them, interrupting. Uh, in addition to your two judges, there are also, of course, the two presenters of the show. Uh, we have Sue Mellon and Timothy Bush. Uh, Timothy <laughs> Bush is the one who the, draws the camera here. Uh, he's weirdly tall. Uh, he's very uh, broad humor, a little bit gothy. Uh, and Timothy shouts out to the tent, Bakers, you have 30 minutes remaining in this round. And then, for some reason, he, like, takes a glass of water and pours it on his head and then does a cartwheel. I don't know. It's British humor. <laughs> um, we pan then. The judges go over to uh, one of the other contestants. We'll do a, a different one in between. Uh, they, you know, prod them about what they're preparing. Uh, it's Melanie Blair. Uh, she's one of the contestants. You know her from around town. Uh, she's regularly frazzled, uh, but she's actually quite intense. She's a very skilled baker, sensibly dressed. Uh, you all know that Melanie has lived in Brindlewood Bay all of her life uh, and used to uh, bake for her parents' bakery in town, The Sweet Sensations, uh, before it went out of business. Uh, and there's like a cutaway to the from the camera. We, like, we have Buck, the camera operator, holding it. We have Melanie behind. And she's, you know, they ask these leading questions to kind of draw information out from the bakers. And we hear her say, Yes, it's it's true. My parents' bakery went out of business where Paul's bakery chain opened up a location in Brindlewood. Uh, but I, I don't hold that against him. I love the Jolly Good Baking Show, and I'm just so honored to be here. We pan back from there to our next of the Mavens. Who wants to go next? I can go next. Yeah, go for it. So you can see Jane kind of leaning over her 
uh, ingredients, and I think she se- she sends a very uh, nervous look over at Rose because Jane has also decided to make an apple pie. <laughs> and she has had many of Rose's apple pies <laughs> and knows how glorious they are. Uh-huh. But she, she is hoping that her secret ingredient will uh, help her out in this. So, yeah. You you what say like you, you're looking mm-hmm. forward. You're hoping your secret ingredient will win out, and I think Paul just raises an eyebrow at the mention of a secret ingredient. And Jane asks, "Well, how secret is it, dear? Like, well, what are, what are you doing to step up the step up your pie game? Set it apart." Oh, I suppose it's not that secret. It, it's um, uh, my nephew Roger. He owns an apple farm uh, in New Jersey. And uh, I got him to give me some of his absolute best uh, Granny Smith apples. And they're, they're the best for bacon, as far as I'm concerned. They've got a really nice tartness that, that comes out really, really well in, uh, in an apple pie when you add all the sugar and the cinnamon and such. Best for baking, eh? And Paul grabs one of the slices and like maintains eye contact while he takes like a crisp bite from it and then sets the bit into apple back on your desk and walks away. Oh, <laughs> burn. Oh. I think she, she picks it up and she gives it to Jane and she says, if you wouldn't mind, I, I can't use that one now. So you give that back to that kind fella over there. <laughs> and, and she like kind of, nods uh, her her smile broad and a little bit fake and then she walks off to the side of the set and hands the apple to the producer uh, Heath Hendricks. He's stern, he's balding uh, every time one of the cameras goes to a new place you see him do a countdown 3, 2, 1. Uh, but you haven't heard much from him yet. I think then the camera buck goes over to uh, let's get in our other contestant. Uh, it goes over to Scott Lamb. Uh, Scott Lamb, he was a contestant on the Jolly Good Baking Show in the UK three years ago. Uh, he famously went home after an explosive on-screen argument with Paul over a pan of oven-baked muffins. Mm. Uh, however, many viewers suggest that there's kind of more to that story. They they clearly have some kind of chemistry, Scott and Paul. Uh, when Paul goes over there, he's definitely more more familiar with him than he was with any of you. But Scott is organized. He's a fond of bow ties. He's wearing kind of a simple white shirt and bow ties. He's also covered in flour, as I'm sure you all are. And he's demonstrating for the camera... It's very important that when you blind bake the pie crust, uh, you do so that you don't have a soggy bottom. Because believe you me, Paul likes a neat, firm, uncomplicated bottom, not soggy. And we pan from Scott then uh, back to our next maven. Um, how about we hear from Gladys? Gladys is making a pie that looks... Very different from everyone else's pie, so far at least. Mm. <laughs> she is making a British fish pie. Ooh. <laughs> and so uh, when they come around, and I don't know how long this accent is going to stick, bear with me. <laughs> <laughs> um, she says, well, you know, Americans and all of their sugar, but, you know, pie, fruit, no, no. This is a British fish pie. It's got three different kinds of fish. It's buttery. It's got cheesy mashed potatoes. This is sure to knock you out of the park. I swear. Yeah, I, I think, Paul, you've got cheese in there. Hmm. How much cheese? Oh, you know, not enough to overpower the fish or the potatoes. 
And Jane a good is like, compliment. Well, I think that sounds lovely. And you know, I've I've been a little bit low in my omega three fatty acids, so a little bit of fish in the pie today. I'm I'm looking forward to it. And Paul, like, yes, me too. And then the two of them walk away from the bench. Um, we pan, just as uh, the camera is passing, we catch just a glimpse, uh, also off screen at the edge of the tent, is uh, Donna Riviera, uh, who is Paul's wife. She's a bottle blonde. She's wearing leopard print, piles of makeup. Similar to her husband, Donna Riviera is also a celebrity, having starred in the short-lived reality television program, The Real Scouse Wives of Liverpool. Uh, any of you who, <laughs> who are into that sort of television would probably be aware of this show, uh, more broadly speaking. Um... Is that all of our folks? Oh, no, we have one left. Uh, our final uh, character who gets introduced, um, the camera pans to Sue Mellon, our other presenter. Uh, she is boisterous and punny, uh, quite the hugger. Uh, she has been a very successful comedian in the UK, but she took this presenter job when her comedy career started to flatline a little bit. And Sue announces, Bakers, let us be a warning to you. Only five minutes remaining in the pie round. We do quick panning shots of each of the different bakers, finally settling on Doris, as you are finishing up your pie. What have you decided to make today? So real quick question, with the five minutes, is that like five minutes to put it in the oven, or it needs to be like done at the five-minute mark? So it could I would be coming hope, out already. I would hope at the five-minute mark you're taking your pie out of the oven. <laughs> I just didn't know if like the rules of the show are like you have to get it in the oven by your time limit or it should be no, coming no, out. No, no, no. Okay, so, yeah. okay. so Doris is kind of like standing by her... Uh, by her oven kind of waiting for her pie to finish and she uh i like to imagine when i did that vignette earlier of her painting i think that was actually today like earlier this morning so i think she kind of uh cruised by uh rose's house after rose left and snuck into her garden and uh picked a good <laughs> batch of uh blackberries i think how and, dare uh, she's making She's making some blackberry <laughs> pie using Rose's own blackberries. You better hope she never um, finds out. Oh my god! <laughs> I mean, I mean, the birds she, got him. It's fine. You didn't, uh, you know, just to uh, talk about character creation. We didn't say that you had a security system in your cozy place, so you know, true. Um, true. You probably didn't catch her. So uh, yeah, unless you can tell by taste. Maybe if you ever get to taste some of this, you might be able to tell by taste. You're oh, she knows what her own that, crop but... is like. I think she could maybe tell. <laughs> But but we'll see. I mean, you might not even get a chance to taste it. Maybe not. But yeah, I don't so know. she's making a, a blackberry pie, and I think what she did was she did the whole like kind of the lattice work thing where you take like strips and make the lattice work, but she like tried to like make it fancy and kind of artsy because you know she's an artsy gal, and she kind of like tried to like twist them in the center. So instead of doing like a normal lattice work, she kind of like made them kind of like spiral towards the center and like go up into like a little point in the in the center. Just to, for that little bit of flair. Um, and she she pulls her blackberry pie out of the uh, out of the oven, kind of right you know right before the time goes off and uh, lays it on the table to to cool off before the judges can uh, judge it. Yeah, you pull it out to be judged, and I think we kind of spin the camera around this pie and then settle in back on our contestants because for the judging itself in in universe of course it'll be judged by paul and jane but we actually do the judging here at our table Uh, i am going to select a maven who will then uh say whether or not uh another maven who i select uh if their pie was a triumph or rather disappointing 
Um, oh no. Oh, <laughs> with no. the exception, with the exception of Rose Collins, actually, because uh, this is true to the mystery. Uh, if baking is your cozy activity, your pie round is no, like a guaranteed yeah. triumph. Oh yeah. Okay. <laughs> so Rose, Rose oh, no. will be excluded from this judging. Mm. Uh, but Gladys <laughs> is Jane's pie, Jane's fish pie, a triumph or rather disappointing? My my pie was an apple pie. Well, you, oh, was sorry, fish you, pie. yours it's was okay. the fish pie. Oh, geez. So yeah, Gladys is Jane's pie, apple pie. A triumph or rather disappointing? Oof. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> no pressure. <laughs> uh, she did use her secret ingredient. I'm going to say a triumph because secret ingredients yeah. are always, you know, they always hit. I'm going to say I'm Then say if triumph. it's a triumph, then each of us now will get to say uh, a detail that the judge points out that is uh, triumphant about it. I will uh-huh. say that your crust was perf- was like perfectly cooked. You know, they scratched the bottom uh-huh. with a fork and it flaked away lovely. Uh, you do not have a soggy bottom on this apple pie. Mm. <laughs> Excellent. It makes me so happy. I recently <laughs> made not- an apple pie and it did not, it was not a triumph. <laughs> <laughs> it was still tasty. It was delicious. It looked like terrible. <laughs> it was rather disappointing, dear. Rather disappointing. Yes. Presentation needs some more. <laughs> <Exactly>. <laughs> Uh, you said that we all go around and pick a detail, right? Yeah, every, everyone just add a detail if it's triumph, and then we'll move on. To I think time. that uh, kind of going back to that secret ingredient, the the taste that that tartness she was talking about was spot on. Uh, I will say that no one ingredient, even the secret one, overpowered everything else. It was it was a it was a symphony of of flavor. They melded they melded very well. They balanced quite well. Excellent. All right. Attractive to look at, delicious to eat. Mm, um, yes. Jane, how did Doris's pie turn out? The stolen blackberry pie. Oh. I I would like to campaign for something. <laughs> oh no! Yeah. No. If we were if we were in game right now, wouldn't would I get to roll advantage if this had been a roll because I'm using something, or is that only if it's your own cozy place? Only if it's your own cozy place. Okay. Ah, you're yeah. trying to steal someone's advantage too. <laughs> mm. I was. But the berries themselves are still like prime berries. Well, so but I think she's more more to a pie than just the berries. I think one of us should have a failure. Mm. I mean, it could be Hannah's pie. I talked about <laughs> how artsy mine like was. Pie. I did use fish instead of a fruit. Three different kinds of fish, apparently. <laughs> so that's a cut. That's pie. Who cares? Kinds of it still counts. Yes, it does. Oh, uh, I don't want to. I don't want to be mean. I'll say. I'll say it's a triumph. Well, of course it All is. Right. You stole my berries. <laughs> <laughs> Course you you know that I stole your berries. Yes, but I, out of game, I'm saying, of course, the reason it's a triumph yes, yes. is because you stole from me. <laughs> of course. Well, then, uh, what elements were triumphant about it? I will say that the aroma alone, mm. like, you know what the pie is going to give you before you even take a bite. Like, it smells uh. rich and buttery and blackberry, and it's, it's delightful. Uh. I will say that the look, the color on those berries is uncharacteristically amazing. They are the ripest berries <laughs> you could possibly imagine. It's hilarious because they're blackberries. Yes, I know. But yeah. <laughs> I think they were like the most perfectly ripe blackberries. That's what those. I just said. <laughs> no, you said the color no, was Oh, you nice. said the they, color. You said they looked nice. They, they looked nice coming out of the oven. They looked nice and they tasted All right. Good. I think when they cut into it, 
it makes that perfect crunch noise. It's just, you know, perfect. Oh, like like we were talking about earlier, uh, not soggy. Mm. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Crisp, nice. firm, nice. bottom. <laughs> <laughs> Something something about Hannah saying something about Hannah saying the the crisp phrase firm uh, crisp firm bottom in in reference to to me or my character uh yeah <laughs> and sometimes she just got to deliver a crisp firm uncomplicated bottom for Paul you know <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> I'm, no I'm I'm not kidding I'm gonna call this episode a crisp firm uncomplicated bottom <laughs> yeah do it <laughs> and please and meanwhile mine looks as if it were on a cookbook cover because surprise surprise it was back in the day no i'm kidding <laughs> <laughs> oh, okay. i'm really loving i'm Gross. really loving the energy your well, characters bring, i hate Wesley. that this pie is a triumph now but i guess let's talk about roses which is also a triumph mm-hmm. yeah <laughs> you know it darling that's right we gotta you pick know the... it you know it. we'll do details for that and then uh think while we're while we're providing details for rose's beautiful pie doris be thinking about how gladys's was oh. and we'll get to that one next uh, i think a detail for rose's pie um i think you added a bit of like some cinnamon some nutmeg uh some spices to kind of like amp up your apple pie experience have you um, seen so her you spice a, rack at a home spice She's got them all pie. oh yeah yeah so <laughs> I, I think yours also is a very fragrant it's it's like, you know, it is the fall season in a pie. Mm. <laughs> I think it has like the most perfect like basket weave texture uh, in the crust on top. Crust on mm-hmm. The lattice work? Nice. Yeah. Yeah, the lattice work. I was yeah. going to say, I think she actually like handcrafted some like dough leaves that baked on top. So it has like oh, sculpted perfect. leaves on the top mm. too. <laughs> she had to make her desserts I... look pretty. Always. Yes. I think the talk about like the taste, I think that Rose was absolutely correct. Like she felt out the right balance of the number of apples and all the other ingredients she, that she put in. So the taste is perfectly balanced among all those kind of flavor profiles. Enter the Hallelujah Chorus right here. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Excellent. Uh, any other details? Or we get a detail from everybody think, for that? I think that's all of them, yeah. Okay. You can't then do let's... your own, right? You can't... <laughs> No, yeah, no, no, no. That's what I thought. That's what I thought. Uh, it's collaborative. Uh, Doris, how was Gladys's pie? How did it come out? Uh, mm. I mean, <laughs> I really don't want to be mean. Like, I want to be nice and say that it was a perfect fish pie. I guess just to kind of like grill the person a bit before I make my decision. Uh, <laughs> Hannah, where did Gladys get these fish? Was I was thinking me? she got them from Jane. Yeah. Okay, so the fish themselves wouldn't be a problem. Has she ever cooked a fish pie before? Oh no! Oh, okay. not. <laughs> <laughs> mm-hmm. oh. I really don't want to she's be. She's not mean. really the cooking type, you know. She she's traveled a lot in her life, yeah. So she's used. Well, to hold on a second. I was about to say, like, I really don't want to be mean, <laughs> but I do kind of agree with Susanna. That'd be funny if one of us didn't have a good pie. Oh no, I'm totally so, fine. So go ahead. What, what was it? Did you say it's a disaster? What it was is the... rather disappointing. Rather disappointing, yes. I'll say it was rather disappointing. Okay. Uh, then if it is rather disappointing, what is the detail about it that was... Uh, th- that failed to meet expectations? Uh, well, I think the fishy taste... Like, you can pull off a fish pie. But I think that in requesting fish from Jane, I think Gladys got a little, like, ambitious and asked for a couple different flavors that just didn't work out well together. 
I that think makes sense. it was described as having uh, both like potato and also cheese in it. I think it came out just a bit stodgy. I think you mm. bite into it and it's like, mm, that's like got a chew to it in a way that oh, okay. you weren't hoping the pie would. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Bit stodgy. Just to, uh, just to bring in a little contrast here, I think this one definitely does have a soggy, oh, unfirm, no. <laughs> complicated <laughs> Just, just, yeah. The crust, the crust, <laughs> it, it cannot support the weight, or she, she overfilled the pie crust too. Oh, the liquids. Oh, no. uh, oh yeah. yeah. To the yeah. bottom. Mm-hmm. Oh no. I think maybe she might have put just a little too much of some kind of spice in there, so that it just like just kind of overpowers it in uh, a way that is just not particularly pleasant. All your tasting yeah. is that. What's the spice that they hate on that I show? No, uh, <laughs> oregano. <laughs> Oregano. <laughs> Oregano, darling. Oregano. <laughs> no. Okay. And so passes the pie round. I think our other two contestants, Scott Lamb uh, and Melanie Blair, I think they get pretty middling responses from the judges, too. Uh, <laughs> I think that our three pies from Rose, Jane, and Doris are currently on top after that round. Uh, but there are, of course, you know, more rounds to come. There's a short break in filming after the pie round. What do you do to pass time during the break? Like, it's supposed to be like a scheduled, you know, 10 or 15 minutes. Uh, they reset the stations and and then you would get into the next round normally. But what do each of you kind of do? You, of course, have a, like, mostly uneaten pie because uh, they only do a sample of a slice or two. Mm-hmm. And you have each other. Uh, just sort of pay me a little, a little scene about what everybody's oh. up to. I, I really got one that I want to do. Oh, yeah. Well, you can go um, first, Andrew. So I think, I think Doris, after her pie gets judged and it gets judged well, um, she decides to go check in on all her friends. But first, she's going to go over to Rose. And uh, she's just going to say, um, Rose, would you like to have some of my pie? I figured we could um, share a little bit. Oh, that's quite lovely, dear. Yes, I, I think I've, the judges like yours. Yes, I... I were we all the top three? Yes, we were. Oh, jolly good. Yes, I jolly think good. We both. Yes, yes. I think we both did quite well. I think you'll love the taste of my pie. Really? Hmm. All right. Well, let's see here. She picks up fork. She's kind of inspecting the pie. Looks. She's kind of being her own mini judge right now. She lifts a fork full of pie. But it's that, it's like, if there was any sound in this moment, everything would go silent. And she's <laughs> tasty. And then just, not in a aggressive sort of way, but in the most calm, grandmotherly sort of voice, she goes, Um, Doris, darling. Yes. I have a question. Would you mind answering for me? Oh, yes, of course. She looks. She looks at you, still with this beautiful smile on her face and goes where did you get your um, berries you see a little kind of a smirk form on uh doris's lips and she picks up her pie to go to the next friend and she pats you on the shoulder and she just says um well um some secrets are best left unsaid even if the answer might be obvious 
and she turns and what? walks to the next friend. Um, but you can respond, of course. <laughs> but uh, she's she's making a, a hasty exit because this was all for uh, for show. Well, I think what what she you turn and like you're about to she she lays a hand out to your shoulder. She reaches and you turn back and she looks at you and yeah. she's she, yeah. and she's not she doesn't seem to be upset. She just says. Oh, darling, you know all you had to do was ask. I would have given them to you. I have plenty to spare, you know. But where would be the fun in that? Oh, well. <sighs> it all is right. a competition. Mm. Yeah. <laughs> I think... I, oh, really okay. quick, I will just say, like, uh, you've had many experiences like this with uh, with Doris before, and I think you're both still good friends. She oh, yes. To, we're, we're, uh, we're, still, we're still friends. Like and, and yeah. yeah. It's not a... Yeah. I am never talking to you again. But yeah, yeah. I, I think part of Rose's like I think part of Rose's character is that she she knows she's good. And so she's not there to necessarily like she did this because it's it's fun. It, it's what she loves yeah, to do. That's yeah, why she, she loves did to it. do this. So yeah. so the and what she she's one of those people that it matters more to her that people are enjoying what she makes rather than I have to be perfect at making it. So yeah. if if she had I, I am thinking about this more deeply and I've just remembered that like the Great British Baking Show is supposed to be like a an amateur competition. Rose did run a <laughs> professional bakery. Yes. She did. in upstate New York. She's not an amateur. Uh, maybe maybe she left that <laughs> retired. She didn't count anymore. Maybe she left that off the entry form, you know, like maybe she was hoping she wasn't Yeah. Or maybe it's yeah. just it's uh if if you haven't done it in like twenty years or something, you're allowed to enter now. Yeah. Or this you know, of the show. it was across state lines, like you know, she's never baked professionally yeah. in Massachusetts. In Massachusetts. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I like that. Okay. Anyway, sorry. Uh, to our to our other mavens. Uh, how about how yeah. about two of you? What are you up to? I think Jane is going to go walk over to Gladys mm-hmm. because I think she could kind of tell that maybe it wasn't received as well as it could be, and I think she's going to go over and say, "Well, well, Gladys, dear, can I can I have a bite?" Yeah, she agrees and slides the plate over, and you realize that she was using her nice, like, reporter voice for the judge, <laughs> and she goes, Oh, well, I don't know what he's bloody on about. I think it's fantastic. <laughs> <laughs> and um, Jane just nods, and she takes a little bite, and then she pauses, and she continues <laughs> chewing, and she swallows, and she says, I think it, it could have used a little less um, oregano. I... I I think oregano, dear. <laughs> oh, 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 all right. <laughs> but I don't think it's that bad. <laughs> uh, I think your conversation Thank you. is I agree is cut short uh, by a absolutely blood curdling scream from about uh, you know fifty feet away, off in the direction towards. Uh, where the presenters and judges all have their... Oh, what are these called? They're like the, the little buildings. The, the 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 green rooms? Yeah. Trailers? The... Trailer. That's the yeah. one I was looking for. Appreciate it. <laughs> uh, off, off where the Film presenters majors. and judges have, <laughs> have their trailers. I think everyone uh, here in the tent starts to rush off that direction to see what the hubbub is. Mm-hmm. And oh, certainly. we we pull camera over to I, I think I think we we not only 
for us, the viewer, for us, the listener, we pull camera over, but also I think Buck, the cameraman, pulls the camera over. Mm-hmm. <laughs> of course he does. Good man. Uh, what is happening over at uh, Paul Riviera's trailer? Uh, his door is half open, and Jane Leaf is standing blocking the stairs to it her back is to everyone she's the one who has screamed her hands are over her mouth and she kind of frailly takes a weak step down the stairs another uh backwards and then steps on to stable ground i think she's near fainting heath hendricks the producer has kind of like his his arms around her shoulders as she's shaking a bit and and she says oh oh dear uh uh Paul is I I and as she says that I think the door a little bit uh, unbalanced swings open and everyone here gathered sees inside uh Paul Riviera <gasps> Not Paul It's poor Paul <laughs> Uh yes Paul Riviera is dead in his trailer his face he he's kneeling his face is covered with flour and his hands are tied behind his back and they are beautifully plated with nylon cords the production team seems shocked and of course jane is quite bereft here in front of you let's get everyone's kind of initial reactions to this i get there late because i'm slow and old (laughs) yeah I mean, we're all old, but I think you're a little we're bit less. Uh, you're a little bit less. <laughs> I think I'm the most limber. elderly of all yeah. of us. I'll put it that way. I do She's have a, a little bit point. less limber. I, I added my my point to vitality, so I think I can move still pretty quick. Yeah, I uh, I, I walk there and I'm kind of like leaning over everyone's shoulders, and I I kind of lean over uh, Gladys's shoulder because she was right ahead of me, and I say, "Darling, what, what's going on up there? It looks like Paul. He's tied Paul? up. Is he all right?" Oh my! I... I don't look like like I can't. So it seems I'll go lose the accent. I am I am truly. Go ahead. I am truly and utterly gobsmacked. Her hand goes to her Let's mouth. Go. I think she, she starts trying to push through the crowd, trying to like see what's going on. Yeah, I think it actually parts pretty easily. Most people here seem to be kind of shocked. I think Doris just kind of leans over to whoever the nearest maven is. I'll say that it's uh, Jane. And she just says, um, well, that certainly isn't an accident. Wasn't an accident. Oh, no, I think they, they, they did him up like one of his cakes. I don't think so. Not and the Doris first tied up man I've seen in my life. Oh, I'm sure, darling. <laughs> <laughs> I think as the four of you in particular are kind of hovering a little bit closer... Uh, to to see better inside. Heath Hendricks, after steadying Jane, uh, he's the producer, he has pulled a walkie-talkie off of his hip, uh, and he's been talking into it. And you hear a crackle from behind you back by the tent, and walking up towards you, as he's been managing security for this event, uh, since it's being filmed here in Brindlewood Bay proper, is Sheriff Dalrymple. Uh, He's the sheriff of this here town. Uh, He's a a large man, thinning hair, a bit of a scraggly beard, and in his hand, he's holding a slice of pie from the contestant's table. He's just taken a big, thick bite. I think it's the blackberry pie. The juice is kind of dribbling down his chin as he dabs at it with his own lapel. What what seems to be the problem? Uh, And I think we'll end on that note for this session today. Oh, (laughs) Oh, nice. Nice, nice, nice. Oh, that's great. (laughs) 